3: This is the besotted Pride of West London mini-pod, and it's Monday. And normally, we're just chilling on a Monday, but today, because we've got a massive game on Tuesday, we thought we need to just pull out the mini-pod. Not very often we do the mini-pods, but today we thought it's especially important. We got a big win on Saturday up at Sunderland. 1,300 Brentford fans were up there, very jubilant. I think some of them are still stuck up in Newcastle, from what I can gather. But we managed to make it back, me and Laney, very tired after a very long day a very long weekend but it was good 2-0 to the mighty mighty bees and the old Sutherland fans weren't particularly happy but they're all right but listen let's forget about Saturday now you can listen to what the fans had to say about Saturday in this little mini pod section then we'll come back afterwards and we're going to talk to a very special
0: guest I've just actually tweeted that it's a it's a bizarrely unsatisfying 2 0 win because because Sunderland are that bad. It, 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 it ultimately it's proved nothing um, for me. Um, I just think I didn't I, I,
3: after last week. You kind of you kind of thought they're obviously not that bad, but they are. They're,
0: they're genuinely awful. Um, they I know we sort of moan about Burton and, um, and and how negative Burton are, but at least they got a plan. Sunderland. I mean, there's nothing there. I don't think today proved anything, to be honest. Um, you know, we thank God we won two nil. The second half, I thought we, you know, we, we we flattered to deceive, if I'm brutally honest with you, um, and uh, you know, a little bit more required. In a funny way, it's, it's weird to come out of a two nil win and say that, but especially at a club this big.
2: was like playing against Sabutio players but it was a win and a win is a win and it's better than a loss and why not we'll have it if if that's how they're playing every week they're not in a little bit of trouble they're in a lot of trouble They're they're going down I mean they're going straight down they might go down again they need to do something
3: yes the Ryan Woods his old man is in the house here again today, indeed, and, and I, I know Ryan had a little bit of a knock last week, didn't he? He did, yes, against uh, against Derby, yes. He came on a sub today, he and and he, and he and he picked the game up a little bit as well, didn't it?
4: Yes, he did. Yes, come on, played well. Matched himself again. They started well, Brentford, as they do, and they um, took it to him, and they played well, very well. I thought uh, Sunderland was an average side, affair. fair.
3: Average? Very average. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, uh, you, I mean that's, <laughs> be, that's being polite. Yes, I can see that I can see, I can see the, the, the eyebrows going. Surroundings of the ground they've actually got. I'm surprised they're actually in a situation where they are to be fair. The yeah. Koch go, he scored a bit of a bit of a blinding goal that one, wasn't it? That
4: first goal. Yes, nice goal. Very good goal, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising, yes. I <laughs> <laughs> opener. Yes, definite. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so right if Ryan Witz's old man is confused, they're all confused. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah
1: there's not much more to say it's just there's so much wrong there's like I can't see a positive to take from the game. I go into every game having no idea if we're going to come out like we did against Hull or Fulham and play them off the park and deserve it or get thrashed like today and not get a touch of the ball. And, like, you never know until it's... The first ten minutes, you know how a game's going to go for us. Apart from last week, it's been the same the whole season. We, we made you... I, we're terrible. We're awful. But I didn't think you were world beaters. Like, if we had a half-decent team, we could have done something with it. But we don't. That's as simple as it is. It's like,
3: from, from our perspective yeah. we can only beat what we've got in front of us yeah, so you know yeah exactly
1: no 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 completely we were terrible That's so like fair play to you but as in if we'd had any sort of investment if we'd had strengthening like the positions we need we've got Ashley Fletcher up front who he missed a terrible goal last week didn't he yeah yeah missed that I don't he's 6 foot 3 6 foot 4 something he's huge and he doesn't jump he backs into a defender and the ball goes over his head he's and he doesn't make runs he just stands up front and the ball goes around him yeah yeah I I honestly I don't know I've had loads of people ask me do you think we'll stay up and I don't know because we can we can go into a game and we can play well but we're just inconsistent and if we I think if we do stay up, it could potentially be a matter of other teams being bad rather than us being good. Uh, The weather was reflecting the mood, wasn't it? I think we thoroughly deserved that win today and it's nice to get back on track after a few games without a win. You can only beat who's in front of you. And look what happened when we played them earlier in the season. They went 3-1 up against us. So I think to underestimate them would have been unfair and it could have come back to us. So we went out, we did our job, we played well, you can only beat who's in front of you. We did the job that was required.
4: I missed the first goal because uh, we got stuck on on the metro so we got we actually got here late but um it's your fault no it's george's fault actually so <laughs> he kept me waiting but um yes solid first half performance second half i thought if they were had they had the slightly
1: better of the chances and if they had if had someone who could finish a ball I think they could have got something out of the game we, we sort of took a foot of the gas in the second half a little bit can't fault it great away day
5: brilliant beast following fantastic great three points maybe the playoffs might be a little bit too far Listen, we've got we got the Newcastle. We're back in Newcastle.
3: Back uh, in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle, yeah, 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 yeah man. Come yeah. yeah. Listen, listen, I'm, I just want to say that
4: yeah. I mean, you, you, very, you seem to be very happy. I'm very happy, mate. Well, why is that then? Because I, well, look, I love Newcastle. Brentford. I love Brentford. I was to support us, but when Brentford beat Sunderland, the thought... other get in. So you're very happy. I am very, very
3: happy. So you're going to start doing the 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 the, 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 the Newcastle hop. I'll do my
4: dance for you. Yes, go ahead. Uh, 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 come on, Bellarmid. That's a really bad dance. Uh, shit. You're obviously a better dancer than me,
3: Lee. That's, 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 it's not
4: hard, is it? We played well today. We didn't, you know, but Sunderland were awful. Absolutely dreadful. And I know some people won't like me saying this, but I actually do feel sorry for them. Because Sunderland have a large fan base. They are a, they are a, it's a town, it's a city that has gone through some real struggles in recent times. And at the moment they have a bunch of footballers who are overpaid, incompetent, arrogant... Uh, the display I saw from Sunderland players today was... I don't think I've seen a worse display from a championship team since, since we've been in here. I'm not being funny, but, you know, I, 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 do, I do... Obviously, I always, I've got an empathy for genuine fans, and, you know, fans always feel they've been shafted in their club and blah, 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 but, you know, we've been in the bottom two divisions for as long as, I, as, long as I've been a fan. No-one's felt sorry for us, Bill. And, you know, what goes around comes around, and, and, I, and I'm like you've had some really good years you have got an amazing stadium you have got some brilliant memories but you've got no divine right to, to be up there forever and if your team has being mismanaged I feel sorry for the fans because their team's been mismanaged they've been sold down the river you know it's all the prep. they've been a victim of the Premier League they, they've, they've paid over the odds for two expensive players that got to their ground you know come to Sunderland they didn't, they want they didn't want to be in Sunderland you know we played very well they were awful. Um, you know, I, I, I hope they survive because, you know, they have got an amazing fan base and they, they, deserve, to, they, they deserve to be in this level. Um, but you now I thought we played them off the park.
3: So, yes, you listen to what the fans said on Saturday. We've got nothing more to say about that because that was such a tremendous result. Um, they've said it all, but we're going to look forward to, t- to Tuesday. We've got Birmingham City coming to down. Birmingham City and Brentford have a little bit of history going back probably 20-25 years and uh, a lot of Brentford fans haven't forgotten that and we thought we need to know what's going on in Birmingham because there's been a lot of rumours flying around but we don't really know, we're just making it up ourselves and so we thought we are going to invite Davo on to our podcast, Davo, who does Davo's Diaries. Devo, how are you doing?
5: How you doing mate, you alright? I'm not bad, how are you? Well, I've been better to be honest, coming off... There. Two absolutely woeful performances. We were just saying, you know, we thought we'd kind of turned the corner, and now we're back to square one, it looks like.
3: All right, okay, it's back to square one. And also, I've got the Laney man who was with me on the train back from Sunderland on Saturday, where we were, apparently we weren't allowed to sing, were we, Laney?
6: No he's been a lot of been a clamped down on fun um, <laughs> in the last last week or so. Um, yeah the, the singing the conductor wasn't happy at all was he?
3: No no obviously he's wasn't
6: a... wasn't doing any conducting. No. Mm-hmm. What no. was the train line? <clears throat> Quiet. Yeah, it was, a quiet, it,
3: was, it was written in the Virgin Trains Manifesto, there's no fun and no singing after a away victory so far away, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, behave yourselves. Yeah, yeah, we, we behaved ourselves very well, but listen, we don't matter about that because we're going to have fun hopefully tomorrow night. So listen, Davo, just tell us a yeah. little bit because obviously the last time we chatted was a few months ago and uh, you had pretty much high hopes even though your season had gone according to plan, but it seems to have taken a bit of a dip for the worse.
5: It's not good at all. Uh, we have to start with the manager, who I would say 98% of our fans just simply want out. He hasn't been in the job for that long, but he, he's not been able to affect positive change. We've had a few decent games to start the, the calendar year, and we really thought things were looking up. And To go into Villa, a big derby, and to play just really just, just a lifeless performance, and then to follow that against Millwall, barely have a shot on goal, the ground felt like a morgue, and it really is just depressing times again to be a Birmingham fan.
3: I mean, you talked about Harry, you know, at the beginning of the season, you talked about Cottrell. But, yeah. I mean, from what I remember rightly, your fans actually, and even yourself, you all
5: wanted Cottrell, didn't you? You're right. I mean, yeah. it was it was mixed. Personally, I thought it was the best possible appointment just simply because the options weren't great. And he'd helped kept us up the the season before and he seemed like the kind of guy that we needed, a, a kind of uh, traditional manager who can just come in, maybe motivate the players, give them a simple style of play and get the basics right. Um, and unfortunately, he's, he's failed in a lot of ways. Um, he still doesn't get the basics right. We're setting out with ridiculous teams that we can all see before the match. We're not going to achieve much. I mean, we've got a player called Michael kiftenbell a very defensive central midfielder who has never, met, never ever made a pass to unlock a defence in his life. That's not what he does. And he's played him in the number 10 role. And we're just looking at ourselves as fans thinking, what hope have we got? And I'm really hoping that tomorrow he puts a, a bit of a different team out there because we know the players that we've signed from you. Potter being the main one, our record signing. And he has struggled. And part of that is on him. But a lot of that, I think, is on the fact that Cottrell as a manager... Makes it very difficult for him. Why does he bring him on with ten minutes left, when the game's already over, when we're down two nil? He's done it time and again. It's very frustrating.
3: Again, I mean, Laney, you know, bringing you in here as well. I mean, we've been discussing the well, we, from the very beginning, we were discussing the red net factor, weren't we? And. Um, I mean, yeah, what's yeah. your thoughts, Laney? I mean, are, are we? I mean, he's obviously given us twelve million pounds, and we're, we're sort of quite grateful for that. But there was a little bit of niggling going on at the time as well, because I mean, that, to be fair, there were three first-team players first team players who were quite instrumental to our team and everything like that hotter was an absolute god on the Brentford Terraces um, you know he, he probably brought in an extra 1500 2,000 fans at Brentford easily each week you know Harley Dean was a staple diet as they call it he's been there for years you know he probably got to the stage where people didn't know whether or not he was positive or negative affected the team because they had been there so long and Maxine Colin it's just a really 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 nice bloke and uh, you know we used to talk to her in the pub you know and uh, we actually walked past his house all the time. Time, didn't It's flat. Yeah. Didn't yeah. It,
6: like- yeah. <laughs> yeah we well, know we did. I mean, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, you know, and some of this is going to sound like I'm trying to wind, wind Birmingham up, but I don't intend to do that, honestly. But you know, I, I think the only player that we miss really is, or the only one we really have back, is I, I would say, is Colin. Um, I don't. I don't think we've missed Harley Dean like, at all. I think in fact we've, you know, it's helped us find a better def- defensive partnership. Yotta. You know, yeah, it was it was a shame to see such an iconic player go, and we've said it, you know, quite a few times on the pod. Bill, that, you know, you're right. You know, he, he had a you know a bit of a wow factor about him, and he was something special, and he put a smile on a lot of fans' faces. But really, we've we've not we've not really missed him. Um, we've we've missed Leftavie more than you know than the nose, and his has been early days. We're we, going you know, to adapt. So, you know, and, and again, if I'm honest with you, I think part of the reason he's not really succeeding at Birmingham Yota is I don't think he wants to be there. You know, I think I think his his agent promised him a you know, a premiership deal or a premiership move and it was all right it was all like last knock ins and there was like form coming in for him and you know, some somewhere, somewhere that was local and he could have stayed in West London and you know, he was probably up for a bit of that. He wanted he wanted a bit more money and not probably move very far, but in the end he's got a lot more money and he's had to move to Birmingham. He didn't know anything about Birmingham um so I just think he's he's it's a, a sort of a, a move that's sort of doomed to failure if I'm honest you know I, I hope I hope he plays well again because you know he is a quality player and I, I still think he's he's good enough for the top flight at some stage but you know I, I, I think that if he, if he doesn't if he doesn't pull it out the fire or pull it out of the bag at um at St Andrews then no one in the top flight is going to take a punt on him he's, he's kind of He's kind of clipped his wings at championship level. So it's a a shame, but, you know, careful what you wish for. And, and this isn't a
3: disrespect in Birmingham as we said is me personally and O knows I come to Birmingham a lot I come up to yeah. Birmingham you know all the way through go up to Shrewsbury to go and see my son up there as well so I, I actually really enjoy coming to Birmingham I've had really great times there and I know a lot of good people there's yourself there's the Brummy Joe there's the Bix and them lot from the Blues for All Posse there's a lot of good people out there which I, which I know so it's nothing to do with that at all Yeah, so I, th- I
5: think that's been overplayed a little bit uh, I mean maybe on social media especially just the idea that now uh, as fans we all hate each other Blues and Brentford I mean that's not the case if anything uh, we can see similarities between the clubs I mean Brentford is a proper football club just like ourselves obviously you can understand your fans being a, you know a bit put out by the fact we've had a raid on your on your squad um, if anything as fans ourselves like I said we're looking at it and thinking Potter you could probably have him back God knows you know let's say uh, let's say we said to you you can have Hotter back for 4 million what would you say well I, I,
3: we, we can I could guarantee you that we haven't paid four million for anybody ever yeah. you know what I'm saying I'm yeah. seriously we've, we haven't you know the players that we've got now who are, who are doing it for us at the moment now Olly Watkins costs a million and a half Malpay, who's just starting to warm up he's a million and a half VBay cost us about eight hundred thousand I think it was like you know we don't kind of really go into those that's that's that is upper echelon type um, yeah. type type vibe anyway but just coming back to what I was saying even though like I said to you it's really weird because you've got mates who are Birmingham fans however we really do want to beat you and the reason why is from historic reasons as well there's, like, there's that yeah. rivalry thing it's, like, it's, it's almost like when you've got a you know you might have Fulham or QPR I know people have got QPR friends who desperately want to beat them even though their wife or their family might be QPR and they're Brentford so you've got that kind of scenario and for us forget it you, you will see I mean you're, you're coming down we're meeting up with you tomorrow um, Davo the yeah. atmosphere um, we've been moaning about the atmosphere at Griffin Park recently because it's been average it's been a little bit tepid we've got a few more fans come in and there's a few more fans come in. it basically means that the, the atmosphere gets a little bit watered down. But I don't think tomorrow, or say I know tomorrow, ain't going to be watered down. Uh, as long as you don't get a goal in the first minute, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That atmosphere yeah. in Griffin Park is going to be quite ferocious because everybody, there's a, there's a bit of a vibe about Birmingham City where there, there is a bit of an... You know, an anti-Birmingham City team thing going on. We
5: really, really want to beat you. And I'm, I'm just well. Hang on. Let's talk about that. Like, let's say, um, let's say Hutter starts tomorrow, which I don't think he will. But if he does, what reception would he get? Laney,
6: what do you think? I, I think um, I think Harley Dean and Yara are going to get stinky receptions tomorrow. <laughs> I think Dean D- Dean's going to get dogs abuse. Y- Yotta will, put him, if at best, he'll get ignored. Um, and and Colin, um, I don't think anyone will say anything about him. To be honest with you, I think he's, he's, he's probably the only one that I, I don't think many many people have got beef about. Um, Yotta, yeah, to, yeah he, he'll, he might get a, a pleasant round of applause if he doesn't start. Dean, Dean will be what should be wearing a tin hat.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the, again, we were coming back from Sunderland. So, you said how was was the train? quiet? It, it was relatively quiet, but all the way in to the station on the tram from uh, Sunderland up to Newcastle. Everyone was singing the Harley Dean song, like you know what I'm saying, the whole carriage was singing it, so oh, we're yeah. thinking, this is Saturday, you know, we're not even on Tuesday, yeah. everyone's, everyone's singing this one already, so we've got that scenario. It's, it's, a, it's a situation which is a bit, of a bit of a strange one as well, because we'll have to say, and Laney would say, is that he, he kind of left Brentford on, on quite a good footing. People kind of sort of tipped their out, I mean, people were disappointed that he left, but people sort of said to him, fair play to him. He's been there for six years. You know, we hope he gets a we hope he gets a good move. You know, he gets a good, he wanted to get a move, but he's got more money. So just let let, let him go. I think unfortunately, the comments that he said. Whether or not they're ill-advised, you know, he sometimes does, he's he's done that a few times. You know, even at Brentford, at one time he we went on to talk sport, and I think that he was quite angry, and then he, he basically just sort of slagged the the, the, the manager. Or I think I can't remember. I can't remember exactly who it was, but he went to talk sport, and the, the transcripts there where he really quite laid into. You know, quite a few people in the club, and everyone's like going, "Oh, that was a bit, it's a bit strong." You know, Harley, not be funny. They'd be, you know, paying your wages for it and you might be angry about certain things. But going on to to national radio because you you know, when you're looking for a new deal, that's probably not the best way. So sometimes he does get himself in a little bit of a pickle like that, and that was definitely a pickle which he probably thought would never get picked up. But the radars are always out there, mate. The Brentford <laughs> radars, mate. They, they we just get stuff sent through to us all the time by people, and somebody just picked up on that, and that was it. it was the end of story, wasn't it, Laney?
6: Yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 <sighs> He, he, you know, you didn't. You didn't have to say it. That was that was the thing. That was the the upshot. I mean, it really did upset people. You know, saying that you know the, the Birmingham City team that you joined is better than the, the promotion team. Ten times better. Yeah, ten, ten times better than the uh, in the team that got us to the playoff uh, semifinals. You know, it's just clearly yeah, clear. a bit, bit silly. Bit silly to say it when you know. Oh, no, you I mean, no, don't don't get, don't get me wrong. You know, we're not we're not we're not stupid either. You know, we know that he's trying to say the right things to you know to get to get a new a new fan base to like him and to establish himself. There and we we get all that and but sometimes it's just like. If, if you're talking load of load of tosh, you know it's gonna it's gonna come back and bite you. You can still say the right things. You can still be positive about your move. You can still be positive about your new teammates and the quality they got in the camp without kind of rubbishing probably the best season that we've had in you know in post-war history. You know, um, you know that team would always go down in folklore. And if if anything, he was one of the weaker weaker players in that team. So you know, we it, it was one of them like. if you you have big claims, you're going to get scrutinised. And if it doesn't stack up, you're going to get ridiculed. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty much where he was at. And and he's, he's burnt a few bridges and, um, you know, it's it's a shame. And, you know, I, I, I think as a fanzine and, and as, as fans as well we, we, we were happy to you know but it was probably his move was a little bit overdue you know, a little bit overdue but um, you know I think we wish him well he, he was a good servant he was part of a you know a great team that got up and you know we always thank him for his part in that but you know just manners just go and go and you know say what you've got to say with grace but don't don't talk twaddle you know Dave though, I think, I think he he, uh, yeah. he,
5: wears, he wears his heart on his sleeve doesn't he and I think sometimes that that's what gets him in trouble um what's interesting is what we would never have expected of the three players that we brought in it's harley dean who has really become the popular one at the club um you know he's our captain now and he really strikes us as a leader he's kind of shown himself to be the one guy who's up for the fight and he'll make the
6: occasional mistake but he's at least the kind of player that we can all get behind and in which case, fair—you know, fair enough. He's—you know—it didn't start well for him. He did get dropped. He did make mistakes. Yeah. He's, if he's—if he's come back from that, then then good on him. You know, but you know, I think you're right. He has got a leadership quality. He—he certainly—he um, certainly does graft, and he—he he does battle. And you know, we he, he in the past, he's made mistakes and come back stronger and learn from them. We we had a really good year out of him um, last year. Um, So, you know, he's he's a a quality player at this level. So, you know, again, we don't overall wish him any ill, but I think his comments will come back and bite him in the arse again tomorrow.
3: And and Dave, I would say as well, I mean, we were talking early in the season and at the time when everything was going wrong for you and he, he was having some terrible games, and I actually did say to you, I said, I bet you'll be Birmingham captain, didn't I?
5: You actually did, yeah.
3: Spot so that was and that's when you dropped him you and you thought I was joking but you yes. know we know the type of player that he is so even though he was going for a bad time we said that you know he'll be in there he'll, he'll become Birmingham player because you could see that he's kind of making the moves he was like I remember at the time he was actually telling the Birmingham players what they were doing wrong which again which is like you know the dressing yeah. room weren't light there's infighting
5: in the dressing room and I said to him he's making moves to be the captain and about a month later he was wasn't he yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Michael Morrison was the captain. He's been captain for a, a few seasons for us and he's he's lost it. So yeah. uh, I don't know how he must feel towards him. But no, fair play to Harley. He's, he's done all right for us. Yeah, yeah. So and it's
3: interesting as well, mate, because like I said to you, we've, um, I mean, you talked about Harley, you know, hotter as well. You you know, you said that he, he might not start because he hasn't done the business. And, and did. we're just interesting as Brentford fans. We know six months down the line now. Really, what you what you see in these players? Because we've seen it on social media. Um, Hotter gets he gets quite a lot of abuse from from the Birmingham fans, from what we can see. Maxine Colin, you know, we don't see too much about him. People seem to sort of kind of just—he's—he's he's almost like a little bit invisible. You know, he—I he, think he scored a goal and, and set up a goal, sort of. You know, in in, in, in a couple of games, and people yeah. have seen that he's half decent, but. Still not you know, still not sure and obviously we've seen the Harley Dean has gone up in people's estimations and you've got the song about him which is refers to actually probably one of your I think it's one of your ex players who has actually <laughs> was not very good, which is who is it again, the song? Uh Chris uh, the
5: uh, Harley Dean song. Yes. Uh, Harley Dean, he is a great defender. Harley Dean is better than Chris Samba. That's Harley it, Chris Samba. He never gives the ball away. Yeah, Chris
3: Samba, and I think a lot of Birmingham fans are going, oh no, if the barometer is Chris Samba, oh no. <laughs> yeah,
5: it does Does make you think. But
3: um,
6: Is it too late though, for a vision,
5: <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. I know there's a few fans who aren't too fond of that song, but it has caught on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned Colin. He it, it it strikes me as a very professional, very tidy player. Um, I'd like to see... Him and Hutter both get a chance to play together because one thing I did notice is when they were in the side together, it looked like they've got a bit of an understanding and that's the one time where I looked at Hutter and I said, OK, he looks comfortable today. Um, unfortunately, since then, Cottrell has messed around again. He's moved uh, Colin to left back the last couple of games. And again, he does a job, but I think you've got to keep him at right back where he's played well. We've brought in Jenkinson on loan from Arsenal, and we've played him at right back. And to be honest, I don't know what he's done to get in the side. He's, he's never achieved anything in his career. He's not even young anymore, so you can't say he's got potential. He made mistakes at Villa. We've got to get him out the side. I think get Colin back at right back. No one's as fans. We don't have any problems with Colin. Um, Hutter, yes, he's got a bit of stick. I think that's that's to be expected when it's your record signing, and he's not really done much. The only thing I think is we don't make his life easy. I mean, I spoke to you before. He's a player that has to feel comfortable. Like Laney said, he's maybe not feeling at home
6: in Birmingham. And that's loved. fair enough. But
3: loved is the word. He needs to feel yeah, loved. He's got to feel
6: loved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is one of those that seems to, uh, you know, he, he needs a lot of, um, he needs a cushion around him. He needs a lot of things to be to be right in his life. And we yeah. found out without going into it in too much detail again. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you know he went back to Spain for you know for that period of time, because he you know he couldn't you know he needed to get you know his personal his you know situation sorted. He wasn't able to sort of play on and have that in his life as well. So I think it's I think he needs all everything to be aligned. All his styles need to be aligned to get you know to get the best out of Yotta. So you know if he's not happy where he is or he's just not just not feeling the vibe, then you know maybe that's you know as I said he might be just doomed. I mean he looked good a couple of weeks ago at Sheffield Wednesday where we won 3-1 he scored
5: when he scores the players just mob him everyone looks so over the moon for him it seems that people like him he's a likeable character but he goes from that to being back on the bench and uh,
6: not really getting a look in that's the time maybe he fancies a move to Sheffield
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There's also one other thing with him as well is that, because um, you have to remember, and again, a lot of the Birmingham fans who may be listening here, you don't know the history of Hotter. We we plucked him from obscurity, Ebar. He's actually playing for a, on loan for a club called Ebar. We use, as as you probably know, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, Where we use our whole statistical modelling thing to find players that no one's ever heard of. Pull them in. So in that promotion season, we found him, um, one of our scouts that does the, does the European side, and he's a bit of a stats guy. He discovered him. He thought he's perfect for what we want. We pulled him in. Pretty sure he cost less than a million. He might have cost a million at the most, you know. We pulled him in, and there was the love for him because of the way that he played his football. We played him, even though he's left-footed on the right, on the wing. He took people on, but also it was the way that we played our football because we were passing the ball around a lot, of a lot. Of, it was perfect mm. for him, so it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, and 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 uh, and Hotter was. Uh, he, he was, he, you know, he was the business. But I was, I was got to, I was to mention something about that about, about hotter actually. But you've, you've actually trying sort of totally, totally t- taken my trail, um, <laughs>
6: yeah. But, we, you know, hotter as well, especially in that first season. It did take a little while to get to get sort of up to speed, um, which, you know, you accept. We, we, we get that same situation with a lot of foreign players that we get in. You know, sometimes they hit, they hit the ground running. Sometimes it takes them a while. But, you know, you think about that, that um, you know, that midfield that we had or that attacking midfield. We had, you know, Stuart Dallas. We had, um, uh, we had Alex Pritchard. Pritchard. We had Alan Judge. We had Yotta. You know, there was, there was it, we had we real sports we was we spoiled so you know we, we were able to ping balls from from you know corner to corner which we still do um but you know he he he, he was just on his a game and he you know he always you know he cut in and he, he 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 was kind of a he was um a bit of a wild card people really didn't know a lot about him at the time so he had that sort of surprise factor and but some of the goals he scored were just kind of out, out of this out of this world you so know so they were
3: but and then coming back to that and just explaining to people about the about the hotter scenario that's right then the following season um, he got injured pretty much in the first game of the season. Ironically, by one of our ex-players, Jonathan Douglas, who allegedly they had a bit of beef going on there, so he injured him. Um, well, no, he got injured um, by him, so and he was out for what, probably about three months. And when he came back, by the time he came back into the side, Dean Smith was then manager, so he, you know, the Warburton had left, and then um, and then old Carsley had come, and then we had Dykehausen had come in for eight games, then Carsley had come in for three games or something ridiculous, um, and then Dean Smith had come in. So by the time he come back. Dean Smith was the manager and everything had changed by then Dean Smith had his set way that he was going to run things he, he knew about the players and I, I think that there was it, it, there wasn't a necessarily eye to eye thing going on because I think Hotter expected to get his place back he'd be back on the side but we were playing a particular type of football or took a particular type of football which didn't necessarily rely on one player we are trying to get all the players to sort of contribute on that and it didn't really work particularly well and I think there's also lots of things going on in Hotter's private life which if you probably Google you can find out about what was going on there as well. So his head wasn't in the right place and he was coming into the Brentford side and it just wasn't <coughs> working. And for that time, we just thought, hold on a second, last season we had a player who lots of people maybe in the Premier League, but I've looked for him, if we'd sold him, we'd have got decent money for him probably. Then he's gone to the stage where he can't even get into the Brentford team. There's only one thing we could do. We can either try and get him some games to get his value up, or we can just let it go. So he went over to Spain. Where he lived, you know, where he was beforehand, and we sent him out to Ibar, which he was playing for before. And we thought, let him get some La Liga games out there, and if he's any good, then we can get his value up. And the idea, I think, was to sell him because his contract was coming to an end. So the fact is that, you know, went, you know, came back from Spain when he was Brentford, he was really brilliant. He played against Villa. He tore him apart, he played against Reading. he tore him apart, he was fantastic. But it was the love that he got from the Brentford fans which helped him to be fantastic. Um, and, and, and he thrives off the bat. So it's going to be really interesting because you say you want to put him in the side. You know, when his head's down, his head is down properly. But Laney, anyway, I mean, there's, there's other bits and pieces that we want to talk about on the Birmingham front. I mean, it's interesting. There was a conversation or an article today, I think it was, Steve Cottrell. He said that, you know, he looked at Brentford, he says, Brentford sign numbers, not players. They sign a number six, they number, sign a number nine, then sign a number ten. This is the way that they do their business and it's, it's very good. It's, it's really good. It means that they don't replicate players that they don't need and they play a style of football which actually suits them and they've got this system which they've had for years and it really works. And he said their DNA has been clear for years now, which is good. And Steve Cottrell says, we want to do that. Devo, you found that interesting, didn't you?
5: I find it to be a bit of a joke, to be honest. I, I agree with the premise. I mean, I think we can all in the Championship look at Brentford as a shining example. Like you said, you, you pluck players out of nowhere. You don't spend much money. You make a lot of money back on them. Just look at Hotter. You've got a great way of playing. You use the pitch. And yes, you, you do put players in, in roles and they do seem to succeed. But the, the fact that Steve Cottrell saying this is alarming to me because... I don't think any of us at Birmingham envision him being here long enough to see that plan come to fruition. <laughs> I don't think any of us want to think about him being here in five years' time. And he admitted himself it's it would take years. You don't just suddenly achieve that by, by saying it. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, like you said, a number six, a number seven. We've got a number six, and he plays him in the number 10 role. How's that going to achieve anything? <laughs> and now he wants to be like Brentford. We're so far away from being like Brentford. It's unreal. We're the least Brentford side in the championship at the minute because not only have we blown money that we suddenly got on players that barely even play, we're paying big wages to players who aren't achieving things, but we've got a very negative style where I think we've got the third lowest goal-scoring record in all of English football, and that's having played less games, obviously, than the sides in the Premier League. We're just not an attractive team to watch, whereas you're the opposite. So I don't know... It would take so long to implement something like that at our club. I don't think any of us want to think about giving Steve all the time to do it. It's
6: it's like it's going to take, as you said, it's going to take years, Um, and he's he's also joining a very long queue of other managers that want to want to replicate it. You know, there's not is there really another? club in this division that doesn't want what, what we've done Play, playing pretty good football <clears throat> um you know the, the you know having the scouting model and the business model and you're buying players for cheap you know relatively cheap and you're, and you're selling them on but you've still got you know <clears throat> replacements that can come in and you've almost got a seamless transition every time i'm not saying that that happens you know it's not it isn't always seamless and we do replicate sometimes and and i wouldn't say we always buy a number i think we do buy a Players sometimes that we you know we store a couple up from the, for the future where we don't really need <clears throat> so. You know, but it's just words, you know, is, is has he got a clue about how you would do it? It's certainly not a manager's job, but the manager, you know, Al, we, we just got a head coach. You know, those, there you go, that's a big difference, isn't it's it? Not I mean, it really comes, to, it's comes from the top. To, yeah, it's not to sort of demean or dilute anything that Dean Smith does, you know, he's, he's a thoroughly decent guy. But, you know, it, he's he's inswappable. That's, that's, the, that's the whole point of having the system. Mm. If I, if I, if I, we get another head coach in, the style of football play the same way is for him to go out there and obviously pick the team, but to, to motivate and and then get the best out of them on the, on the training pitch. So well, that's a that's a good way of putting it. What you're saying is basically Steve Cotrell is talking about implementing a system where he himself would be interchangeable.
3: Yeah,
5: and that, exactly. That's
6: the irony of it. Yeah, the irony of it, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, and as I said, they're just words. You know, I I would like to win the lottery. I know, it's, I know it's not going to happen. Like it's as easy as as easy as that. You need you need a lot of variables in there, and I, I you know, you've got to be, you know what's what we've achieved at Brentford is down to some some borderline genius going on behind the scenes is it's people that are really on the cutting edge of doing what they do um in terms of you know scouting and um, analytics and and betting and all that kind of stuff and someone who's not you know not afraid to to take a calculated risk how do you feel when you see a guy like Steve
5: Cottrell saying that he wants to Copy what you've done. Do you take that as a sign of respect, or, or do you feel that you know it's a bit of a cheat for him to say it, that he's suddenly going to achieve what you've done?
6: I think he, you you hit that nail on the head. You said it's kind of a bit funny, really. It's just kind of like you know, it's yeah, of course, anyone that tips our hat to us. But you know, I I read that sometimes as. God, if they can do it, anyone can do it, and yeah, yeah. and, and I, I just think no, it's, it's 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 not that you know we are. This is why the whole teams like Brentford, the little tin pot Brentford thing, is something that we just adore. We love it because hmm. you know it's it's you know a lot of people just look at the name and look at our history, you know, our kind of last 30 years of history and just kind of scoff, you know. But, you know, it's, there we're not going anywhere. So I think, you know, over the next five or six years, we'll, we'll emerge as, you know, someone that, we
3: far more seriously, and I'm I'm, I'm yeah. slightly different in that thoughts as well because I actually I'm, I actually take that as a bit of a bit of an honour because the fact is that we got absolutely <clears> torn to pieces, you know, when we first came in this league. And first of all, they used the old excuses: oh, they haven't got an experienced manager, so they're gonna they're gonna flunk flunk because we had Mark Warburton as manager. Then they start to say they haven't got any experienced players in this division, so they're gonna flunk it, you know, because we had Andre Gray as a striker and Scott Hogan as a striker, and you know, Darley Dean, intervention, and so they just basically just laughed at us like. you Know? And then when we did what we did, it's like we were breaking all the rules. And then afterwards, when and, and then after that, when the whole Mark Warburton thing that came about, which came about basically for the reasons that you just talked about, it's like what Steve Cottrell said. But the, on the flip side, the owner, um, halfway through the season, decided that you need to put in a system which actually made the head coach interchangeable. So you don't have anybody who's the top dom who is actually controlling things and also works within a system. You know, which, which says that if the system says that, you know, we're going to have a person Person who, who who coaches the players that he does, and then we've got somebody else who buys, you know, who, who scouts the players. They do that, and the system kind of works. And he basically changed the system to ensure that that was going to happen because at that time. We didn't have that system in place, and it was causing us a few problems. Where we had a bit, few loggerheads in players that we wanted to sign, and they couldn't sign, and you know, and all this kind of stuff. It just wasn't right. So that system had come in, but people then laughed at Brentford. They said, oh, look at them! What have they done? They're this brilliant. You know, everything was going fine for them, and they don't know what they're doing. They they buy players by computer." And we're thinking, "No, no, no! You've got it all wrong. That's not how we work. We actually do scout players, and but we've just used this system to find players, and it's taken us three or four m- years." for people to turn around and actually go actually they do they, they look like they know what they're doing so for me for him to say something like that because he's part of the old school network where, yeah. of the managers who, who are on the conveyor belt he'll get another yeah. job somewhere else and do the same thing you know and we're not, we don't do that conveyor belt thing he's not really on our radar we don't, we don't get managers like him and it's not a disrespect it's just that's not what we do we'd rather get a non-brand name manager <coughs> who will play football in the style of
6: football that we want to and, this you is, know, this what is, your, is uh, the Harry Redknapp thing was, you know, it, it kind of, it fueled the kind of derision that, you know, the, the Brentford fans felt towards Birmingham was because, you know, oh, is, is another, another sort of experience. So, you know, a manager that wants to just come along, flash his checkbook and expect in just to replicate what we've achieved. You can't, you can't it's more, to, it's more to buying our players than, than, than achieving what we were achieving. You know, it's, it's, it's they're just, the players are just one part of a very much bigger picture. Um, and you know, yes, they, they did excel and have lots of good players there, but, you know, put them in a, put them in a, you know, a poor team or a team that doesn't play the same way. Then as you said earlier, Dave, you know, what, <laughs> how do you, how do you expect them to have, how do expect, how do you expect to have the same success if you're not playing the same way? So It's, yeah. it's all yeah. very interesting. I mean, you talk about the analytics. I think
5: that's something that hasn't really caught on yet in football. And I wonder 10, 15 years down the line, are there going to be a whole host of clubs using the same things that you guys are using now? And it will be accepted as just part of the game. Because I think to the average fan, the idea of a club using analytics to go along with scouting putting it all into this big pot and getting what you've got i think the idea is still a
6: little bit foreign despite all the success that you've had yeah i think because because we've been at you know at, at the center of it and there's been a lot of there's been a lot of waffle and there's been a lot of you know column inches written and a lot of you know um, online articles written about it um we've kind of been under that we felt like we've been under the microscope so we're probably aware of how widely used it is actually you know what right. How much it is growing? There's probably not. There's probably not one club in the in the in the in the professional leagues that doesn't use some sort of data, whether it's you know proprietary stuff, you know, or whether it's bespoke um you know it it, it, it it depends on you know the, the know-how of the people that run the club but there's i think there's all i think i guess there's always there's more and more um measurement tools coming on on board and even you know you can see the you know the expected goals that that they use on match of the day now to kind of work out the difference between a chance and a goal scoring chance um so is this is a lot of the language that they that's been used or kind of language that's been um invented um as part of this stats kind of revolution um that's been going on um is, is 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 kind of coming into the mainstream so you know i think yeah i think we're probably more aware of it because as i said you know everyone talks about it with us but you know um you know Brighton and Huddersfield and and you know Bournemouth and all all, all kinds of clubs have used it to a lesser or greater extent, but you know we, we're obviously you know we're probably we're probably one of the better examples of it.
5: Yeah. <clears throat>
3: so, so listen. We have got a big game on Saturday, big big or Saturday. They it's say Saturday, it's Tuesday. I can't. I'm so used to having these Saturday games, but Tuesday we've got a big big game. We have got the Birmingham City coming down. They need a result. Like I said, you had a, a little blip. You had a few decent games, and then you had the the cup uh, draw against Huddersfield. Then you had a couple of games where you won, and then you had that loss against Huddersfield, a big loss, and you seem to yeah. have gone backwards since then. And like I said, to you you know, seeing the reports, you know, Saturday's game against Millwall in particular, because the Villa's got always going to be tough, but the Millwall game. Um, the fans weren't happy at all with what was going on in that
5: Millwall game. Um, It was uh, honestly one of the worst games of football I've seen in my life, the first half especially. um, The whole place was silent. Nothing was happening. Not a shot on goal. Millwall achieved exactly what they wanted to do, which was to just come, be robust, hard to break down, turn the game into a very ugly affair, and then with 20 minutes to go, bring on an attacking substitution and go for it and that's what they did and it worked a treat Um, going back to the Villa game the issue we have with that as fans is to be honest we can accept losing to them, we can accept the fact that it's happened time and again but what we can't accept is feeling like the the players didn't put in the effort that the passion wasn't there so to follow that up with just a lifeless performance against Millwall, that's what's got us all down and I don't think any of us in our right minds can predict that we'll get a win tomorrow
3: so, coming on to tomorrow, I mean, how do you think you're going to shape up? You know, what team, you know, are you going to put out? You know, how are you going to hit us? Because, obviously, everyone knows it's not it's not rocket science. We play the passing game. We play the possession game. You know, when Derby came down, I think at one point the game, we had about 85% possession. I know possession means nothing, but, you know, that's what we do. We, we keep the ball. We pass the ball around. We try and move it around fast. What's your game going to be?
5: Our game's probably going to be an uh, attempt to pass it around in uh, non-threatening areas at the back, and then just launch it forward to Gallagher. Hope he wins something in the air. And unless the lineup's different, he's probably not going to have any teammates within 20 feet of him. And he'll knock the ball down, and it will be straight back to you. And we start the process again. Um, unless we can get a little bit of magic from someone like Boga, who's on loan from Chelsea, and he's done a few things. But to be honest, he's more likely to try and take on three men and lose the ball than do anything else. Unless we can get something out of him or maybe Magoma, I'm very pessimistic.
3: Laney, I'm just wondering. I mean, Birmingham are coming down. Um, we have a tendency to sometimes kickstart people's seasons, and we do find it hard against sometimes teams who are, in, in effect, not doing very well because they come in, they batten down the hatches, sometimes they put sort of 35 men behind the ball. You know, what do you reckon?
6: Yeah, we're <clears throat> coming up. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of different factors in this tomorrow that could play a part. I mean, obviously, clearly, we've talked about the returning players and the effect that you know that they'll they'll want to come back and um, you know make up make an impact or prove a point. Um, you've obviously got their ex-teammates that. We all remembered what said, and I, th- I think you know you could see that the game at St Andrews meant meant a lot to them to to go out there and to, to have won that game. Um, so I think yeah, I think we're in. I think we're in for a really um, open game. If I'm honest with you, I don't. I think it, I think um, Birmingham are going to. Gonna, gonna find it a little bit difficult to, to kind of snuff us out I, I think I think we're gonna be swarming all over you from from the off i think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna really go for it tomorrow night um i I, I do think that being under the floodlights it raises it a little bit more um the you know the, the atmospheres under the floodlights are great and obviously I think the Birmingham fans and the Bradford fans should should make it a, a real kind of raucous atmosphere I'm looking forward to that but I think it's, I think if you, it depends who scores first and so, you know, as these are cliches, Birmingham score first. I'm sure you become a little bit more negative um, and, and you try and protect it. But I think if we score, you're gonna you're gonna have to open it up a little bit. I, th- I don't think you know. You, I don't think going a goal down um, and not and not trying to get something out of the game is gonna it's, it's going to be on your on your mind. So, yeah, I think if Birmingham. If Birmingham score first, then you know it could be a draw. Um, then or you know worst for us. Um, but if, if we score. And, um, you know, you, you try and come at us, I think we're just going to pick you off. So, I, 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 it's not going to be easy and I, I can see it, I can equally, I can see it being a draw, but um, I think we should be in tomorrow.
3: Don't forget, Dean Smith is also an Aston Villa fan.
6: Yeah,
5: well, thanks for that. Um, <laughs>
6: it's definitely going to
5: be a spicy affair.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, these these are the kind of games this, as fans, you know. What I mean, these are the games you want. You know, I know as Birmingham City fans, you don't want to be, you know, entrenched in that in the same position you're at in the at the moment. You know, the chances are you you are going to escape. Still, there's a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of fodder in this division still. You you, know. you played Sunderland on Saturday. What did you think of them? Oh, they're down. They're down. Mate. They they were they're, they're awful.
3: They Absolutely. were really really bad. Yeah. You know? and, and the thing is that we try and be diplomatic you'll see in our post-match podcast which you've, you've listened to and we listen to fans and fans they don't just slate off they're actually very very balanced in their point of view and we did a post-match podcast after the game and everyone was trying to say something positive about Sunderland And they couldn't... I mean, the Sunderland Mm. fans, it was was all like, they couldn't say anything. They just said, listen, we're just terrible and we're down and it's all over. But we were trying to say, yeah, or maybe it's all the manager and, you know, (laughs) your heads are down and... But they were so bad. Um, It was just unbelievable and to be quite honest with you, we should have been out of sight by the end of the first half. We should have probably had about four goals at the end of the first half. Their goalkeeper pulled up a couple of decent saves. We went 2-0, bang, bang, bang. We we passed the ball around them. They were, they were literally running around in circles. Um, they couldn't even get to near the ball you know, at times. It was, it, was, it was quite bad. In the second half... It, it was the same, believe
5: it or not, when we played them at home a month ago and that's how bad they are. They made us look like Brazil. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, in, you know, in to, to kind of calm your nerves, you, you know this anyway, I'd mean, you know, say Sunderland and Burton are almost certainly going to go in this one, one, one between, you one know, over, yeah. and if, if you can get, you know, you've proved the last few weeks, you, you, you can get a couple of wins, um, you just need to get that, you know, need to get back on that winning streak again, but obviously, you know, as, as Brentford fans, you know, we, we, we do hope you go down. (laughs) (laughs) so listen
3: right. so listen Davo it's been we could chat to you the last thing I want to just go around the table here and to ask everyone their thoughts on what the score prediction is going to be let's start off in the Dave Lane corner
6: okay um, I'm going to go a ding dong 2-1 B's win very 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 edgy both teams having quite a lot of chances it's going to be quite an open game I think Davo I'm going to go 2-0 Brentford, I'm afraid. I think
5: you're right about the first goal being pivotal. However, if you score it, I can't see us coming back. We don't come back from behind. We don't have enough goals in us. We don't have any creativity. I can only hope that we go out there and the occasion brings the best out of us and maybe we get something special from Hotter on his return if he plays. But I'm not counting on it.
3: I have, to, I have to say that Birmingham, um, we haven't got a great record against Birmingham, but I try not to go for these historic things. Every time you come down to our ground, you seem to get a win somehow. There was that season where I think you won 2-1, where uh, Donaldson went over for a penalty yeah. in like, the ninth yeah. minute, which is, uh, you know, I think he was winking at the referee then, sort of just laughing <laughs> away, you know, and, and it was the Alamo in the second half, and I, I've got no idea how you, how you won that match, you know, so it's not great. However, I think that this is the year where Dean Smith has sat down to them and he sort of said, listen, this ain't the year for you to be losing to these guys. You know what I'm saying? This time, we need to put this to bed. So I believe it's going to be 2-0 to the mighty, mighty bees. So, but anyway, listen, great chatting, great having the little besotted Pride of West London mini-pod. You can uh, check out, there's going to be a podcast again this week. Um, Laney will tell you more about it because I'm flying off to hot climbs because I've decided I am not paying £39 for a ticket at Leeds so I decided to get myself out of the country to ensure that at the last minute I wouldn't change my mind so I'm not glad at where are you going? I'm going to Majorca for a few days Oh, you know, as you do so alright for some yeah I'm just going out there for a few days just hanging out and just going to be checking out what the booze are doing on a long distance thing 20's plenty 30's dirty and 40's very naughty so we're not going for that one at all so but which is all good but lately we're doing the podcast this time this week you'll be letting everyone know where and when and why and all that kind of stuff but which is all good but Davo, it's been wicked chatting with you and tomorrow we'll be catching up for a few beers before the game and you'll be able to you'd be able to sample a bit of Brentford hospitality because we need to think that we need to give you something back before we take something from you which is three (laughs)
5: points (laughs) cheers Dave Dave. I'll see you tomorrow Lainey appreciate it Billy nice one mate see you later